Hey, I'm not gonna be a real patient guy now. Huddle up, huddle up. You know what? You're like my wife when you get in space. You just get lost. We're not posing for football cards now, offense. We're not posing for football cards. Let's play with some speed. Just get north and south. You're not Billy White Shoes Johnson. How stupid are we? Are you out of your mind? Are you out of your skull? Well, call it on Tom Brady, will you? Call it on those guys. I've never seen that in my life. Do it again. Do it again. Ho, 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 ho! Santa Claus is here, huddle up! You gotta build the foundation, man. That's what we're doing here. What's going on, Raider Nation? Micah here, along with my partner in crime, Tyler, bringing you another episode of the Behind the Eye Patch podcast. It might be the off-season, but there is no off-season for us here at the Behind the Eye Patch podcast. Tyler, my man, how are you doing? I'm doing well. I am so excited for our show tonight, Micah. I have just been looking forward to it all week. Super excited. And uh, yeah, I guess we'll we'll let the uh, listeners know who's coming on Behind the Eye Patch, that little podcast. That, uh, yeah, you know, I'm Jack too because our guest, I've known him for quite some time. I've watched... I've watched what they've been doing for for over a year now, and watched it grow. And uh, but before we get into that, I always want to let our listeners know you can always get on the show with us if you want. Give us a call, leave us a voicemail. Phone number is two zero eight five five seven nine seven seven one. If you want to be on the podcast, just give us a call. Try to leave your voicemail to around about a minute. That way we can play it on the podcast. I don't care what you want to talk about, as long as it is Oakland Raider. Or just football related. As always, we don't get into politics. We don't get into religion. Uh, I know that's kind of a weird notion for nowadays, especially in social media. But you know what? We figure if you're here to listen to uh, an Oakland Raider podcast, you just want to listen to Oakland Raider football. You don't want to listen to our hot political takes. So we always keep it 100% political free. And uh, you can always find us on Facebook. Just search for the page. Behind the Eye Patch on Facebook. You want to hit us up on Twitter at Behind Eye Patch. No the in there, just at Behind Eye Patch on Twitter. Get at us. We are growing actually quite quickly, Tyler. It has been fun. First season doing this. This is our first off season doing this. Dude, we've got a big free agency and a big draft ahead of us. I am psyched to keep yes. continue to rock and roll on this thing. But before we get to free agency, before we get to the draft. Man, we've got a special guest on today. This is Murph from Raiders Fan Radio. I have known him yes, for a sir. while. I have actually had the privilege to be a guest on his podcast back in the day. Loved it. They have a fantastic podcast. Murph, as many of you know, is fresh off the Senior Bowl. Going glad-handed with the likes of Gruden, with the likes of Mayock. I want to know, if does he have a direct line to uh, Mayock's office now? Over under Tyler, do you think? Do you think uh, Murph's got got uh, is has the digits? I'm definitely taking the over because I, I, I would uh, too. listen to their most their most recent podcast, and I think they're like best friends now. Like they looked each other in the eye. Uh, yeah, yeah, and you know, it's 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 shaking pretty... hands and stuff like that. That's that's pretty pretty legit. Yeah, and I can't reveal my resources or my sources, I should say, or resources. Never. But, uh, yeah, word on the street is that uh, Murph knows what Spider-2Y Banana is and most of the other playbook uh, from John Gruden, as many of you have seen, perhaps, on social media. 
uh, you know, Murph also was glad handing with the likes of, you know, John Gruden himself. So would not surprise me. Like I said, I can't confirm or deny, but uh, word on the street is that Murph actually knows what the first three picks are going to be. Uh, in the draft this year, so we I might think have he to pick them himself. I, they I trust think he, him that much. Yeah, and allegedly, again, I can't reveal the sources, but allegedly, yeah, he he did have a say in uh, what was going to go down in the first three picks. So we'll ask him about that uh, coming up here shortly. Tyler, you got some shout-outs for us, though, man. Who you got? We got uh, several new followers on Twitter this week, Micah. We've got uh, 365 in Vegas. Uh, complimentary football at Holistic Pickle. This guy, if you don't follow him on Twitter, you're doing yourself a disservice because the man knows football. He knows the cap. He knows the ins and outs. Uh, very, very good follow. Um, DL at Bob Bagula. Okay. Uh, Raider in England. Uh, Robert Gafredo at Q's Raider. He is the uh, president of of Salt City Silver and Black. That's a tongue twister. Salt City Silver and Black. Awesome. Uh, and uh, he he followed us, talked with him a little bit this week. Uh, Brent Baker, Matt Coons, Chris Wysong over at the Raider Cody podcast. Thank you, Chris and, and Raider Cody. Uh, Raider Boy, you can find him on Twitter at Raider Boy 1. Raider Cody, uh, Tony W., and uh, Raider Veterano, he is a diehard Raiders fan and also probably speaks a little a little Spanish, it looks like. So uh, thank you to those guys for the follow this week. Uh, a lot of good interaction on Twitter. Um, and uh, as always, always trying to bring you the best and most accurate information that we can. Awesome, awesome. Yeah, dude, the crew is really growing. I mean, we haven't even been at this for a calendar year yet. And um, it's been pretty incredible to see the growth here at Behind the Eye Patch. It's been going on. And, dude, I am, like I mentioned before, psyched to get Murph's take from the um, uh, from the Senior Bowl and get him on. So, you know what, Raider Nation, without further ado, let's launch right into this call. Let's get him the on the man, line. The man, the myth, and the legend. Murph from Raiders Fan Radio. Raider Nation, please join me in welcoming Murph from Raiders Fan Radio. Murph, man, we are so excited to have you on the podcast. How are you doing? I'm doing fantastic, guys. Thank you for having me on the show. You know, uh, it's been since uh, November 28th, 2017, Micah, since we spoke last. Do you remember that? Wow. I remember that as if it were yesterday, man. I, I cannot believe it's been that long. I've gotten a lot older, I feel like. <laughs> this, this is insane. This is insane. Dude, word on the street is that you are fresh off of the Senior Bowl. Is that correct? Yeah, that's uh, that's correct. I, uh, I I had an opportunity to head down there last week and uh, actually had an opportunity to spend the week there and attend all the practices and go to the game and the and all the different media events and whatnot. But, uh, you know, life kind of gets in the way at times when you do this thing as a fan and not for a living. And so I only had a chance to spend one full day down there. But, uh, man, it was it was almost all I could take in anyways. Well, that just having one day, you know. Wow, that is awesome. Now, before we get into that, I do have to ask you a question just for the listeners. Murph, and I've, I've wondered this for a while too because, man, I've been following your guys' podcast for quite some time, but I don't think I was there at the origins. How did Raiders Fan Radio, how did this whole thing come into being? 
Wow. It's, uh, it goes all the way back to, I guess, about 2013. Uh, my cousin and I, who, when we had you on our show on Raiders Fan Radio back way back when, uh, that was episode number 56, by the way, if anybody wants to go check <laughs> that out most. and listen to, to Micah on Raiders Fan Radio. Um, yeah, so my, my cousin and I started podcasting together uh, for a Madden league. We were big Madden guys. We're big Madden gamers. Nice. And so we had a we have a a, a league of of thirty two uh, owners that were that played in 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 the league. And so we just thought it'd be kind of fun, just as a goof, to do like a radio show for that league, right? So we could, you know, we've always kind of had a uh, an itch to be in broadcasting of some sort. Just and so we thought it'd be kind of fun. We'll just go and and play a little bit, and do this thing. So that's where it started. And then so then we were we were doing these shows for you know there's 32 owners, two of them are doing the show. So an audience of 30 people, uh, week in week out. And we thought, well, let's, let's, let's broaden our scope a little bit and let's, uh, get into some other stuff. So we did a whole litany of different shows. We did one called the sports Dagos. We did the Raiders Ripatare. We did all these different things. And ultimately we landed on, on the Raiders fan cast, got sued by somebody that had a show called Fancaster, changed the name to Raiders Fan Radio <laughs> in 2017, and the rest is history. So since then, my cousin, is uh, Sonny, has gone on to uh, some other endeavors. In fact, he's uh, he's going to the Grammys this year. He's uh, he's, he's a, um, a musician, and he, and, he, and he creates music with uh, – with, he's um, he works with wow. – uh, underprivileged kids and, and, and kids that are, uh, challenged with different uh, addictions and, uh, and, and things like that. So Sonny works to get the kids out of the system. And one of the That's things awesome. that he uses to do that is he uses his music. So, uh, cool. he, he, he dipped out of Raiders fan radio or took a hiatus from the show to go and focus on that. And he's had this incredible success with it. So for good reasons, he left the show and our uncle Mosh came in and replaced him. So now it's been me and uncle Mosh doing Raiders fan radio now for, uh, over a year now together. And so, yeah, that's kind of a long answer to your question, but that's, uh, that's kind of how Dude, it all. That is incredible. Like that, that is, is more info than I had anticipated. I thought this was like. <laughs> like two, three years ago, but dude, this is, this is rolling on six years now, as far as from the beginning of the interest of this deal. I mean, and I got to say your uncle Mosh is like the uncle. I wish I had, <laughs> I, I, I love listening to uncle Mosh and I, Sony, I, I miss him and I wish him the best. Hopefully one day he'll come back uh, and continue to pod with you guys, or at least be able to dip in on some shows because I, the dude's got some great content and I love listening to him. And back in the day, what episode 56 dude i can't believe you remembered that 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 is i had to look it up but yeah <laughs> <laughs> man that is fantastic that is fantastic now tyler's got a question for you but before that i'm going to hit you out of the blue this is left field because okay. recently i have noticed quite a bit and now i i have taken kind of a hiatus from twitter um because i just twitter's almost a full-time job and you i'm sure you understand that from yeah. just the podcasting side so I've taken a hiatus from that. Just from what I've seen, though, in Facebook groups, it seems like Raider Nation is about 50-50 on whether or not to keep Derek Carr, which kind of dumbfounds me a little bit, and I won't say to each way, but I'm going to ask you, Murph, straight up. GM Murph, it's 2019. We're heading into the offseason. Is Carr on the table to trade for the right price or is he not on the tra table at all? What is GM Murph doing with Derek Carr right now? You know, I'm a firm believer that anything is for sale. And if it's not named after me or nailed to the floor of my house, I'll sell it. <laughs> you know what I mean? So I think as a, as a responsible manager of the organization, you would have to be open to an obnoxious offer, right? So if that's, 
you know, two ones and a two twos or, you know what I mean? Whatever that obnoxious offer may be, whatever you quantify that as sure. But I think that that would be the case for any player for any team, right? If you yeah. get an obnoxious offer for anybody not named Tom Brady, would you yeah. be willing to do right? I mean, so I, I, I think that there are, there is an offer there, uh, you know, to be considered, but I don't think the Raiders are ever going to get that offer that would make yeah. them even consider it because, you know, and listen, you listen to Gruden, you listen to Mayock, you listen to all the people associated with the team. Derek Carr is the man. He's going to be the man. And, uh, you know, right. I just talked to Ted Wynn yesterday from the athletic and I, Ted is an expert on breaking down film. He's an expert on breaking down quarterbacks and their mechanics. And I asked him flat out, I'm like, is this guy a good quarterback or not? And he emphatically said, yes, he is a good quarterback. And unfortunately, the numbers and some of, and obviously the win loss record doesn't reflect always how good of a quarterback that he is. So, absolutely. You know, the hardest thing in the world for a football team to find is a franchise quarterback. Well, we got, you know, now our win loss record isn't what we all want it to be. I'm not going to apologize for that, but we can't skewer the QB because of it. Yep. Yeah, and I I agree because here's my thing. What are we through now? Four, five offensive coordinators now with, with Derek Carr. He's, I mean, somebody mentioned the other day, I think it was the whole controversy with um, with ESPN and their analysts going after attacking Derek Carr and his quitting mentality and everything like that. And I just remember thinking, you know, nobody's looked at this guy's second half stats of the season. And that tells the tale. You want to talk about somebody who's quitting on their team. They don't continue to get better and improve as the season went on like it did for Derek Carr with, I will say, little to no help as far as offensive weapons. I mean, you had no Lynch. We got rid of Cooper. Uh, even LaFell, who started to come on about midway through the season, he even went out in the season. But Carr was still able to put up some decent numbers. And and I, what did he end up like around 250, 300 pass attempts without an interception? I mean, it was an insane amount. Um, so I, I, those are the kinds of numbers, like you said, when you start looking guys like Ted, Wynn, we're huge fans of Ted Wynn on this show. Um, when you look at those kinds of numbers, when you look past the win loss, you know, record, those kinds of numbers, I think speak volumes. And if you just watch Derek Carr play, some of the throws that that guy makes are just incredible. I, and I'm sitting there going with the right time and the right, um, with the right system and scheme, this guy is one of the best quarterbacks in the league, in my opinion. I, I saw a stat the other day, uh, most uh, fourth quarter comeback wins over five seasons out of any quarterback. And so those kinds of things, I, to me, speak volumes. And to me, that tells me, and we've talked about this before on the show, you've got to give this guy another year under Gruden. You know, 2019, in my opinion, if that comes and goes, and we're still sitting at 4-12, and 12, and Carr just had a terrible season with a lot more, you know, with a healthy offensive line, with with, um, you know, a good stable of running backs with receivers that are healthy. You know what? I think at that point, at the 2020 draft, maybe you start looking at, um, you know, grooming somebody, you know, drafting a guy, drafting a Herbert out of Oregon or a Tua from Alabama to perhaps be Carr's replacement. But it's, I just, in my opinion, it's way too soon to put a draft pick on a quarterback and it's way too soon to start doubting Carr, um, especially with you see what he's been given to work with. Um, with the Raiders. So with that being said, Tyler, you had a question for Murph. What do you got? My uh, question wasn't as deep as yours, Micah. Mine was more of a, a fun question. Murph, as a uh, owner in that league that you started podcasting with, what was your team? Man, Ooh. so that's, there's a, that's a great question. You want to talk about a point of contention. Sonny and I <laughs> went multiple rounds on who got the Raiders. 
because, you know, since there's only one Raiders to be had, we had to figure out who was going to have. So what we started doing, we started alternating seasons. So he would take the Raiders uh, one year and then I would take the Raiders then the following year. So when it was your off year, that was really tough to figure out who you were going to, who you were going to use. So we would usually take some team that was, uh, you know, a hard one to build. And so in the in the spirit of the game, who was a who was a tough team to build? So the Browns or the Titans at the time <laughs> back then or whatever, somebody like that, somebody that didn't really have, you know, you know, a, a division rival or anything or any any kind of big rival with the Raiders. And of course, we would never take the Cowboys or the Niners or anybody like that. So it was usually one of those kind of off teams. But yeah, we went multi we had a lot of battles over who was gonna have <laughs> the Raiders, man. Well, I figured I, I, I didn't want to put you on the spot because I figured he's gotta have the Raiders in there somehow. Like he probably fought to the death for it or something, because you know, as a guy that shakes hands with Mike Mayock and John Gruden and <laughs> has insight into the draft that's coming up and, and say in the picks, I figured this guy's gotta have at least some say in the Raiders. So yeah, Murph, do you, can you get, do you have any idea? Because we've already let our listeners know that you have had influence on what the first three picks in the draft will be. <laughs> oh, yeah. Do you, you have any idea what's going on there and what's going down in your opinion? Well, you know, I know what I, what I would love to see as a fan, right? But I can only, as I, I was saying on our show last night, I'm not the, the best analyst in the world. I know enough to be dangerous in terms of studying people's mechanics and their play and whatnot, yeah. but I'm a really good judge of buzz. Right. And so okay. being down there in a place like that, uh, you know, and hearing and like I was eavesdropping on scouts and listening to them talking to yes. players and trying to like, you know, dip into like listen over here and what coaches were saying. Whatever. So the buzz uh, for the Raiders seemed to be all around pass rush and, and, you know, people want to make fun that. of Gruden. Yeah, I know, right? And people want to make fun of Gruden and saying, oh, well, you had pass rush and you let him go. Well, you're talking about letting $90 million guaranteed go, and you already got to pay your quarterback $25 million. So yeah. it wasn't going to work. There's only one other team in the league that has two uh, $20 million plus a year players, and that's the Giants, and they suck. So the formula doesn't work. The Raiders had to do what the Raiders <laughs> had to do. And so at the end of the day, we need a pass rush. So do you look for that in the interior? Or do you look for that on the edge? Well, I think we were pretty well well said at least at this point the interior portion of our pass rush we at least have the building blocks there with mo hurst and pj hall so what I does agree. that mean it means we got to go to the edges right so um the big player i think is zach allen um the most telling thing for me as again a fan generator or trying to, to base my opinions off the buzz was that zach allen or uh excuse me um josh allen dipped out of the of the senior bowl right. uh and, and didn't attend all right he is represented, though. Here's a fun little story for you. He's represented by Joel Siegel. Joel Siegel is the same agent for Khalil Mack and Amari Cooper. All right. So uh, at the Senior Bowl, Groot hey, Mayock. Yeah. Also, uh, Carl Joseph. Oh, okay. There you go. So also then Carl Joseph. So they all have dinner together. Uh, Mayock Gruden and Joel Siegel. And don't you know that, that Josh Allen, I'm sure was a big, big topic for discussion. They're trying to mend some fences there. Should Josh Allen fall to them at number four? So I think that that's probably where this thing is going. Now, Nick Bosa is, is going to, is, you know, all by all accounts, the best edge rusher in the draft. He's probably going to be gone by the time we get to four, but right. could Josh Allen fall to them at that point? So I think that, that that's gonna, going to be our first play at the four pick is that they're going to, going to look for an edge rusher. And then the other two, I think are completely up in the air. I think that you could package those and move around. You could address wide receiver with that last one. You know, of course I, I, 
feel like they need to address inside linebacker, but the values show you that drafting an inside linebacker, even that high, don't pay off. Uh, you're better off chasing one of those in free agency. So that could mean like a CJ Mosley. And then the Raiders are freed up to do all kinds of stuff with those, those last two picks in the, in the first round. So I don't know if that's kind of dodging your question a little bit there, but yeah. I, think, I think edge rusher by far is going to be the priority. Um, and then it's kind of up in the air with those last two. I'll, I'll give you one last little bit. There was a lot of good offensive linemen down there, a lot of good ones. And so don't be shocked, Raider Nation. We all want to see the flashy defensive picks. Don't right. be shocked if they pick another road grader to go play line and protect our car. Yeah, you know, and that was that was one of the things that that's really been, you know, you're talking about that four position. It's kind of a tough position to me because I've seen, you know, Josh Allen gone at that point. Obviously, Nick Bosa gone at that point. And, you know, if those two guys are gone, you know, I guess you got Cleveland Farrell from uh, Clemson. Yeah, that's another solid pick. Um, but at that, uh, the two guys to me, Nick Bosa, Josh Allen, the two guys that really stand out me at number four, with Murray entering the draft, I've got to imagine one of those, one of those teams, are, I, I wouldn't be surprised to see somebody wanting to move up to try to grab a Kyler Murray just because of the talent level that's there. And so I've thought, I'm kind of with you in the same camp as that, you know, as much as I love Devin White at number four, I think that's might be a little bit of a reach to go for a player like that. So if you had a Jacksonville, you know, somebody like that that wanted to, you know, trade places for some picks so they could make sure they could get their quarterback of the future, um, I wouldn't be opposed to that at all as trading out of that fourth, you know, out of that fourth spot. Um, because absolutely, and that's where a guy like Montez Sweat can come in. Now, Sweat yep. by far, again, going off the buzz. He was arguably, if not the best player at the senior bowl. Like that guy is just straight up dominant. So I'm talking about the defensive end at Mississippi state. He's a freaking stud man. So, but, but everybody kind of all agrees that four's a little bit high. Well, if the Raiders are sitting in a quarterback spot and someone wants drew luck or Kyler Murray or whoever else. Right. So that's why the Raiders dangle all these dang carrots because, and they should, because they're playing poker right now today, between now and April 25th, they're playing poker and they want other teams to think that they're even considering drafting a quarterback. So somebody will try to jump up and grab that quarterback in that number four spot. And we trade down to six or whatever, seven, eight, nine. And then that's where we grab a Montez sweat, right? Like that. So we get what we need and we're going to pick up extra picks along the way. Like that, that's the kind of fluidity I think that's going to happen. But one way or the other, I think that edge spot's going to get addressed. Yeah. And you know, the thing to me is, and I've been kind of beating this drum since unfortunately about October, since we've been talking about the draft, um, is that there are so many holes on the Raiders uh, that, that, that need to be addressed on this Raiders roster that even, you know, we, we didn't anticipate these picks panning out to be, you know, 24 and 27. Um, uh, even with those picks though, there's, I feel like a lot of talent to be had at the 24 and 27 position, just because, I mean, Oakland, they need wide receiver. Like you mentioned before, you know, they could help bolster the offensive line. We need linebacker uh, safety. I wouldn't even mind seeing them going after a corner as well. Somebody across the way from Gary on Conley, um, who's going to be a building block, I believe through this defense heading into Vegas. Um, so, so Murph, if you had your druthers, because I'm sure you've thought about this quite a bit, with 4, 24, and 27, who does Murph take realistically in the draft as the GM? Let's pretend everybody, you know, is about in those places. Who are you who are you piling on for the first for the first pick for the Raiders? For the first one, again, I'm going Josh Allen if he's there. I okay. think that uh, you know, he's 
aside from Nick Bosa, he's the consensus. And he, the other thing about Josh Allen too, is it's interesting is that he can stand up and drop back into coverage a little bit too, which, right. which Bosa can't do. So there's a little more athleticism to him. Uh, you know, he's got oilier hips to use a dang Mike Mayock term, right? You know what I mean? So he, <laughs> you know what I mean? He's uh he's not a heavy legged waist bender. You know what I mean? So yeah. he, can, he can get up and move around a little bit. And so I, I think he's, he's the, the, the pick there. I love what you just said about uh, safety and corner and while I, I, I said what I said about offensive line, and I think that there's an offensive lineman to be taken there at either 24, 27, I think you're going best player on the board at that point, but, right. but certainly at, at that position is, 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 a, is a definite need. But either corner or safety. Now, there's a safety uh, from Delaware uh, named Nasir Adderley who actually got an interception in uh, the Senior Bowl. Coaches loved him. Uh, super good kid, super athletic you know, small school from the Northeast. So you kind of get these visions of, uh, Obi Melifonwu, but yeah. I think he's a different kind of player <laughs> and look it, it, straight up and whether, whether Gronk retires this year or not, if there's one thing we learned about the Raiders and we've known this for a long time, but especially this year, we got to cover tight ends, man. So <laughs> yeah. if, if we can, if we can draft the Nasir Adderley to play safety, look, Carl Joseph is a great player or not a great player. He's a nice player. He's yep. getting better. He sh certainly flashed at the end of the year, but he's, what five ten? You know yeah, what I mean? Yeah, like, yeah. and so where Adderley is a big size speed guy, and I think a lot more equipped to cover Travis Kelsey because that's that's what we need. You know what I mean? Right. And Hunter Henry and whoever else we're going to have to deal with in, in our division first and foremost, let alone the, the George Kittles now. The world. I mean, tight end. These athletic tight ends are all over the place now. You know what I mean? We got to right. we got to do something. Uh, so, so certainly there, I'll give you one last one. Uh, if they do decide to go corner in the first round, um, corner that had the most buzz again was temple cornerback rock. Yasin. not only the best name in the, in the league by the, uh, in the, at the game <laughs> named rock, but, um, but, uh, he's fast, uh, super athletic. I mean, the, the guy, he had some issues with pass interference in the game, but they kind of all did. Cause it's a, such a big transition for them to the, yeah. to the rules of the NFL. But uh, but yeah, but look for Rocky Sin. Even if the Raiders don't pull him, he's definitely going to be someone in the in the latter part of the first round that's going to get some attention. That's fantastic. Speaking on the Senior Bowl, you know you've talked about Adderley, you've talked about Rock, um, also uh, the young man out of Mississippi State. Any other big names that stood out to you while you were down there? Yeah, so a couple. So um, there's a kid. Uh, I call him a kid. I'm old enough now. I call him kids. Um, <laughs> the, there's a kid, Boston College, a guard named Chris Lindstrom. This okay. Dude, total. Now look, I know guard isn't like a glaring need for us. In fact, the interior of our line is pretty pretty solid, if not the best in the league. But this, he's he's one of those Gruden type grinders, right? He's one of those uh -huh. guys that on a run play will take out the guy in front of him and then go look for somebody five yards further downfield and put them on their rear end too. Like he's just one of those road grader type guards. Uh, got a lot of attention from the coaches, and then also Ohio State wide receiver Terry McLaurin. Uh, the coaches were slapping stickers. They're slapping helmet stickers on the players. Yes. On their slapping Raiders sticker. Okay, this guy got three of them. Like. There were some players that like that the, the the coaches had fallen in love with. Uh, he didn't drop a pass all week long in any of the practices. He's fast. Like I mean, he's he's not um, you know a big name guy coming out of Ohio State. But this was one of the reasons that you go and coach the Senior Bowl because you get to know these types of players right. that were you know under under all accounts prior he would have just been looked at as a special teamer. Where now this is a guy that if you're, he's around in the third round. You snag him. You know what I mean? You know what yeah. kind of kid you're going to get. You know what his athleticism is. You know he can make plays. So anyway, so I, I would say those those two guys for sure 
Uh, That's fantastic because really for me, sorry, Tyler, I'm gonna, I'll let you go in just a second, but um, that's been big, you know, as we're searching for names in this draft, because you hear the Boses, you hear the Josh Allens and, and, but really, you know, once you start getting into later rounds, that's where it seems like a lot of these good teams have been able to thrive. You know, that's when, when they're picking up these stud players in the fourth and the fifth rounds and being able to kind of find those diamonds in the rough. So we really appreciate those names. That's fantastic. Tyler. You got something for him, man. You go for it. Yeah. Um, Andy Isabella, what did you, uh, did you get to see him at all while you were there? Yeah. So he, um, he was reported to come in and, and, and measure out at 5'10 and he's uh, 5'8 on his tiptoes, I think. So he's just, <laughs> he's, he's a little guy, but uh, yeah, real electric as far as uh, after he gets the ball. Now there's some challenges to his route running. Uh, he does a little too much uh, hopping for what uh, coaches like to see. They like to see, you know, in the NFL, you got to get into your route quick. The ball's got to come out quick. Uh, the, the coverages are too good. The pass rush is too good. The ball's got to come out fast. When you look at a guy like uh, Julian Edelman, a, a similar uh, body type and going to play right, in a similar right. position, you know, he's look at those quick slants and stuff that he catches. I mean, the ball's out, out, out. I mean, it's, it's bang, bang. So with, with Isabella, there was a little bit too much stutter stepping and kind of hopping early on in his routes. But I think you can coach that out of him, right? So, uh-huh. But other than that, and maybe like catch radius and only because of his stature, right. um, those are the only knocks against him. After that, I mean, he's got vice grips for hands, so he'll catch anything that he, that he can get his hands on. And he's amazing with the football. Like, he's got all kinds of wiggle to him uh, once he gets out into the open field. So, you know, I think that the Raiders were trying to do something similar with like a like when they they, they chased Switzer uh, earlier in the year. Yep. Um, you know what I mean? But if you think of that type of player, that's what, the, what Isabella could do. But even he seemed to be even, again, I don't have a trained eye. I'm not an NFL scout. But he seemed to have a little bit more even athleticism than somebody like that. Like, he's, like I'm telling you, this guy was – He's slippery once he gets out there. In fact, he scored a touchdown on like a screen play where he ran through like four or five uh, different tacklers and mainly with his just his speed and elusiveness. Like yeah. he wasn't spinning or, you know, he was just like, boop, 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 you know what I mean? And off he went. So I, yeah, and good balance on that run too. just just a good awareness of where his body was at in space uh, and keeping his feet because he got hit pretty hard, stood there and then took off again. So yeah, that, that yeah, was absolutely. something that I noticed. Another name that was getting a lot of run for a few days was Penny Hart, who was who's a wide receiver out of Georgia State. Now, I'm going to ask you a question. Do you remember the only other player that the Raiders have ever taken out of Georgia State? Do you remember who that was? Oh, my gosh. Put me on the spot for real, man. (laughs) Dang. Uh, No, I he's the first player ever drafted in the NFL out of Georgia State. I believe he was a defensive lineman in the sixth round. Oh, my gosh. This is going to be somebody that was like, you're going to be like, Hall of Famer, so-and-so. No, 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 no. It's not (laughs) Hall of Famer. No, I don't don't know, man. You got me. You stumped the Murph on that one. Do you remember Christo Bilikidi? Oh, yeah, absolutely. I remember the name. Yeah, yeah. yeah, I mean, not a Hall of Famer, but but when I I saw Georgia State, I was like, oh, old Christo was from from Georgia State. Anyway, Gosh, Tyler, how old are you, man? I'm only 32. I'll be 33 here in a couple Good months. Heavens. I've, I've got <laughs> a name. I've got a knack for names and colleges. Like you ask me a college or, or a player, I can pretty much tell you where they went to school at. So um, anyway, Penny Hart, did you get to see him at all? I did not. No. And I'm looking on my list. Was he on the South squad or the North? No, squad? He, was, he was on the North squad. He uh, just a fast. Well, I think he was on. Well, maybe he wasn't. 
I'm no, looking I, on my list. I don't have him on my list. I there was, no, you know, there's a hundred kids down there, and so it's tough to see. Uh, I, you know, yeah, every, come on, uh, Murph. What were you doing, man? I know, right? I know. I was too busy <laughs> taking selfies with John Gruden. <laughs> how was that? By the way, let's just jump into that. How how was taking selfies with Gruden and Mayock and slapping hands and and uh, how were they as just like as people? They sounded cool when you were talking to uh, about them about that experience last night on your on your uh, YouTube video. Everything seemed pretty co- pretty cool, um, but but how were they? Yeah, super friendly. I mean, every, each one of them was friendly. Um, I, the most friendly was offensive coordinator Greg Olson. Uh, he's the only one that actually, um, like, you know, they all stopped, obviously, but he's the one that actually, like, stopped and, like, put his stuff down and, like, engaged. You know what I mean? And, That's awesome. And, uh, and, and we had a conversation, and he asked about why I was there. <laughs> Just kind of, he's like, how'd you get the credential? <laughs> like, well, How did you get the credential though? Uh, just based on the popularity of our show, man, just, and nice. it's, and it's all based on the, you know, on Raider nation, uh, having our back, you know what I mean? And so, uh, that's awesome. That's you know, yeah. Awesome. And so, so we were, you know, we, um, now, um, word on the street is you guys were the only representatives down there. As far as when it comes to, when it comes to reporting, you guys were the only people repping the Raider Nation down there. Is it true or false, Murph? Yeah, that's true. You know, that was kind of awkward. You know, um, the Raiders <laughs> digital media guys were there and they have their own podcast and whatnot. So right. um, as far as broadcasting goes, you can you can certainly count them, but they're more, you know, that's team generated stuff. Right. And they do a great job and they do Instagram videos. And anytime you see a video on Instagram or YouTube or Facebook or whatever, that's that Raiders digital media team. Well, so they right. were there. But as far as people that aren't associated with the team, yeah, I was it. And that was kind of surprising to me. There was uh, about five other teams where their terrestrial radio station, you know, the, you know, right. the Broncos radio station and the Eagles and the Browns or whoever. But there was no Bay Area radio there. So no game or none of those people. And then uh, and then nobody from Las Vegas. Uh, so there were just wasn't any other, you know, like big time radio, like right. official AM, FM radio co- Nobody. I mean, I wow. <laughs> Yeah, it was just me, man. So it was it was kind of weird. Um Well, we appreciate you bringing us the content because Raider Nation needs it, man. And 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 somebody's got to take up this flag and keep rolling. So <laughs> even if you got to travel some, so no, we do appreciate it. And that's awesome, man. I mean, being able to get down there and and like you said, get into some talks with some of these coaches cuz that's, you know, we put uh sometimes you build these guys up, you know, kind of larger than life, you know, from a fan perspective, from, you know, the little bit of you know analysis that I do of players and coaches and stuff, but you never, you know, you don't see these people just, you know, walking around a hotel lobby, you know, you don't think they do yeah. They float around, don't they? You know, they just <laughs> appear in places, but no, they're, they're, you know, they're human beings as well. And be able to, to, to go and chat with them and have conversations and stuff. That's awesome. And we, you know, Raider nation appreciates, appreciates you guys bringing that content to us. Speaking of Raider nation, we got a couple of calls Wanted to ask you some questions. So, Tyler, okay. you ready for this? You ready? For, so, we've got – we had two calls in, and I think we had a, a question through Twitter. Wanted to give get Murph's opinion on a couple of uh, kind of state of the Raiders right now. So, Murph, if you're ready, we'll roll this thing. Yeah, let's do it. All right. So, Murph, the first question was is uh, from Twitter. Uh, his name is Tony W. Uh, at Tony Shear. He was wondering um, – oh, there it is. Any way to get an inside track as a Raider fan at the draft in Nashville? That is his question. 
All right. Yeah, absolutely. So uh, for those of you that don't know, I'm originally from the Bay Area. I'm from San Jose, California, born and raised. Grew up a Raider fan, uh, been a Raider fan my whole life, but I've relocated to Middle Tennessee. So I live right outside of Nashville. Uh, nice. where the draft is going to be this year. And so, yeah, so they announced yesterday that um, uh, the draft is going to be outside. It's going to take place in uh, what we call lower broad. So when you look at Nashville's famous for its its strips there's two strips there's there's second avenue and there's broadway well where they intersect is right at the cumberland river right across the street from nissan stadium where the tennessee titans play so if you've ever seen like or if you look on youtube you can look for uh like concerts that are uh played in nashville uh like for new year's eve say where we have two hundred thousand people downtown wow they set up a big giant stage and keith urban plays and all that kind of stuff well that's what they're going to do for the draft they're going to construct a big giant stage out there and the end of lower broad and they're going to announce the picks and it's going to be all outside it's going to be an outdoor wow. rock concert for the freaking draft and it's going to be amazing so um please tell me you're going to be there oh yeah we're gonna we're gonna be there with bells on. so not only are we going to be crawling all over the draft but we're going to do a listener meetup we're going to do uh we're going to do a, a pre-draft uh, kind of video series where we're going to go around now that some of the locations have been announced we're going to go around and kind of show people like where these different places are so you know what to look for when you get here because here's the thing anybody that's coming to nashville for the draft you're invited okay everyone gets a ticket there awesome. is no lottery system this year the draft has always been free but you had to in the past apply for this lottery uh and whether you were selected or not determine whether you got to go well, this year, there is no lottery. Now you wow. download the NFL mobile app on your phone, and as long as you're registered, you get a ticket. You guys still got to check in through security and all that. But because of the scope of this place, and I'm, I'm telling you about it, at the end, it's basically like they're going to close off downtown, and wow. downtown is going to be where the draft is. So if you're coming, you're going. So it's going to be amazing down there. That is sick. I mean, that that man, if you, if you ever wanted to experience the draft, and I'm telling you right now, what they announced here a while back, they're it's going to be happening in Vegas here pretty soon as well. And I, I tell you what, I'm being from Idaho. I'm I am tempted to get down to that thing. But man, kind of a no holds bar getting into the draft this year in Tennessee. What? That is incredible. You got if you've ever wanted to go. It sounds like the this year's your year. 2019 is the time to just make it happen. So what's dude, the weather like usually around that time? Is it, it cold? It, is it warm? I mean, are they going to be like sipping hot chocolate and coffee, or is it like margaritas and stuff like that? So the answer to all those questions are yes. Yeah. <laughs> so, so it's, it's so it's funny. Like Doesn't it matter. Yeah, it's like you know, ten degrees outside right now. Like it's stupid cold, and we get we get all four seasons uh, here, and and uh, as I'm sure you guys do up, up there as well. And so you know, it's a it's it's a real uh, wet climate. We get a lot of rain down here. It's every, so everything stays real green. It's real pretty. But yeah, that time of year, that's like the transitional time for us from from uh, uh, really you know that's our straight up springtime. And it could be. I mean, it's snowed here in April before, but it's also been a hundred. And here in April before. Wow. So it's, you know, it's going to be one of those things that if you're coming, you know, hit the weather app on your phone the day or two <laughs> before you leave and decide what you're going to pack because it, and it might even change while you're here. Cause we'll get, we'll get those days where it's like, you'll have a, uh, you know, we'll be sitting on a, um, you know, where it'll be cold and then you'll have one of these, you know, hot fronts come up from the Gulf, man. And it'll rain like crazy and, you know, be super windy and rainy and all that. And then it'll be 70 after it blows wow. through. So, I mean, you'll just, it's just one of those kind of things. So definitely be prepared and, and check your weather app. Pack, uh, pack for all four seasons. Yeah, just be ready for it before you leave for sure. 
That's awesome. Well, Murph, appreciate the info on that. Tyler, who do we got next? All right, next up is uh, James. He's from, I, I don't know if you've heard of them, Murph. They're uh, Salt City, Silver, and Black. They're up in oh, yeah. Syracuse, Absolutely. up in Syracuse, New York. And uh, I am going to put him um, kind of on the line. So he, okay. if you pay attention, see if you can hear this. Okay. Hi, it's James from the Salt City Silver and Black in Syracuse, New York. I just wanted to tell you guys you're doing a great job with the podcast. I saw you're looking for questions for Murph. My question is this. Uh, do you think the Raiders should take a youth movement approach this season? Or do you think they should try and sign some uh, veterans to help lead the team? Uh, for example, like the running back. Should they try and keep Marshawn Lynch and the muscle hamster? Or should they try and focus more on Chris Warren and Jalen Richard? Uh, I think the answer is probably somewhere in between, but I'd love to hear what you guys think. Thanks, guys. Could you hear that? Yeah, absolutely. So that's, hey. a, that's a great question. And, you know, and I, I think he answered it right there in terms of I think we're going to see a nice blend. You know, I like to think back to what the Gruden teams of the early 2000s were like, you know, yes, you had Jerry Brown, uh, uh, Jerry Rice and, and Tim Brown, but you also had Jerry Porter, right? So you had a blend of, of players in, in, in there. And so I think we're going to see that. We're going to see a blend. We're going to see a, Doug Martin. I don't think is going anywhere, but I don't think Chris Warren Jr. The third is either. I think he's going to be right. there. Uh, as well. So I think that we're going to see a, a, a nice blend in, and ultimately that's really what you need, right? When you look at, at yeah. the way that, that, that teams are constructed and the, and the way that the winning teams are in the league, they're a blend of talent. You have Tom Brady and you have Sony Michelle, right? Like you have both. So, mm -hmm. um, and, and so I, I think that the Raiders, you know, while Gruden certainly trusts veteran players, there's no doubt that he trusts veteran players and who wouldn't because they kind of have a lot of this stuff figured out. So they're learning curves on new systems uh, and things like that. New techniques, they're shortened because you don't have to teach them as much because they've already kind of been down that road where a new player, you got to take them from the ground up. So I think we're going to see a blend uh, ultimately, but that's a, that's a great question. And uh, in terms of what they do in free agency, my, my favorite player, for them to chase this offseason is C.J. Mosley. I think that's a real nice way for us to address a glaring need for the team. For years have been saying. Long time. Long Please, time. Raider. I mean, when was the last time we had a good inside linebacking core? Not just one player, but a right. core. We're talking, what, Thomas Howard and Kirk Morrison? I mean, like, we got to go back a ways, man. A ways. And I know we tried Rolando McClain, and we tried different things. I don't know what happened with Navarro Bowman. I don't know why that guy's out of the league last year. Um, but right. you know what I mean? Like we've tried different things, but we've not taken a, like a wholesale push to address that position as a, as a core unit. And this year when we watched, like, look at what Dallas did, look what the saints did, look at what Bobby Wagner's still doing. Look at what a lot these, a lot of these inside linebackers, man, are really like starting to flash a very important need for teams now on the field that the league kind of moved away from that, but now this year, man, it's really pushing back to that. So right. I hope the Raiders do something like that. And CJ Mosley is a perfect player to add in veteran presence, field general, bring him in and let him, uh, you know, and uh, call and command that defense. Do you think uh, CJ Mosley? Cause that's a name I've kind of earmarked as well. You know, what are the odds you think of them, you know, letting him walk and letting him in pick a deal? Do you think they, they try to get him back on the squad or do you think the Raiders do have a legit shot at getting a guy like, I don't know, you know, I don't know enough, frankly, about the, the Ravens and their salary cap situation and their, what, what their, you know, contract right. obligations. I, I don't know. I just know that he's got, 
he's going to be considered to be on the market and the Raiders got a whole bunch of money. So if right. there, yeah, if there is an opportunity, yeah, the logistics of it, I'm, you, you probably know, and I'll ask you, I mean, what do you think? Do you think that there's a shot we get somebody like that or, you know, for me, like Mosley, if I'm the Ravens, there's no way I'd let Mosley go. But again, I, I, I've, I'm i kind of in the same boat with you. I haven't looked over the Ravens' numbers. There are guys like Mosley, uh, Clark, the defensive end from Seattle. Those are two two big names to me in the free agency that I've just thought, man, guys like that. Um, you know, you've got, you know, yeah, you've got Landon your, uh, Collins. Like, can you imagine if, 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 if right. he the John- I mean, then all of a sudden that whole Adderley thing I brought up and all that earlier, well, now all that goes away. So now what do you do with your draft? And that's the thing too, about the, all this stuff is that it all, one thing informs another, right? So right. depending on what right. they do with free agency could completely, um, you know, change their, their, their draft strategies. And so maybe where on normal situations or other situations, you wouldn't target, an inside linebacker in that first round because it right. doesn't. But if you've already addressed other positions because you've signed Landon Collins and Frank Clark, well then, okay, go ahead yes, and take please. the shot at the guy that high. You know what I mean? So exactly, exactly, and that because that's for me like. Yeah, th- these big names, and I love I love talking about the draft. And but but like you said, we got to get through the free agency first. That sets the tone for the draft. And honestly, the next two free agencies, what are we at right now? I think we're ninety four million in 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 spending money for twenty nineteen, which is incredible. And I think next year we're already it's an insane amount for the free agency next year that we're set to have. So Oakland, as far as Looking into the future, and I'll and I'll pose this question to you here in just a bit. But looking to the future, I mean, it's with with four first round draft picks in our pocket, and 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 this free agency money. There, there's no reason for the Raiders not to to be successful. You know, in these coming years, there's the there's a re- optimism's running high, but there's a good reason. You know, it's not sure there are a lot of holes to fill, but it's not one of those things that it's like. You know, I've been optimist, you know, for 16 years now. I was an optimist when, you know, Jamarcus Russell was terrible. It's not, <laughs> it's not, it's not like that. We've got, you know, those core players, like I believe, like, like Carr, like Conley, like an offensive line. We have those building block blocks in place where I feel like a few, you know, a talented wide receiver. I'm, I'm, ex- I'm stoked to see what Chris Warren, the third brings to the table. And, and like you said, bolster that linebacker position, get somebody off the edge that can uh, make some plays. And I feel like the Raiders are, I mean, we're, I think by the time we hit Vegas and I've been beating this drum all season, by the time we hit Vegas, I think this team uh, should be ready to make pl- a playoff push. But before we get into all that, you got one more question uh, for Murph, correct, Tyler? Um, Not so much a question, this one. This one was more of just a, hey, Murph, what's up? Okay. Uh, so, <laughs> so we'll, uh, we'll play the, Hey, this is our good friend, uh, James Burton. He's been with us since like the very beginning. So, uh, let me put him on the speaker. Okay. Hey, Micah, Tyler, this is uh, your buddy, James Burton. Thought I'd give y'all a buzz. I know y'all working on, a, on dropping a show with, with old Murph. I used to listen to Sonny and Murph and, and somehow I got disconnected from their podcast. I don't know if they were not laying them down there for a while, but I have resubscribed since uh, I saw you talking about them on Twitter. So you, you've already helped uh, helped old Murph out. I think he's I think he's on there with uh, with Mikey Raider now, and I've heard him before. So love all y'all guys, man. Uh, love all y'all Raider podcast guys out here on the East Coast. So. You know, I, I get all my, my Raider fix. Oh, 
I'm sorry. Sorry, James. Here we go. <laughs> um, you guys, I appreciate y'all keeping it up, keeping it going on. Um, also, man, uh, you know, I want to I want to thank y'all, and uh, I don't know whether Merce podcast will be talking about it or not, but I appreciate the fact that y'all are not ragging on Derek Carr like it seems like is the the order of the day for the off season Raider writers. I don't know what the deal is with this talking about it. every time I look on Twitter, somebody talking about trading Derek. Oh my gosh, this is terrible. <laughs> He's cutting out. <laughs> he is cutting out. Anyway. That's awesome. Well, James, man, sorry about the call, but we appreciate you calling in. And and that's kind of what we're trying to do here. Supply, you know, a different take, a different look. Because as we've talked about before, it seems like, you know, once you reach or self-proclaimed, you know, analyst status, that it seems like, and we talked about this in the last podcast, I feel like a lot of these guys start to out hot take each other. And then you kind of just get lost in the weeds when you, you know, when somebody may have started out, you know, as a, as a competent, you know, source for Raider information and news. And then they just kind of start, you know, going down the drain with a little notoriety. At least that's what I've seen in quite a few of these cases. So, uh, James, man, we appreciate it. And man, Murph, he's another one, man, from the Sony days. That's, that's, uh, that, uh, I can't believe it either. That, that was just, just a year ago. That's incredible. You guys. Yeah. Have... Yeah. Very cool. Hey. I appreciate James. Appreciate those words, man. Yeah. And uh, yeah, we're still out here, man. Raiders fan radio. And, you know, we had to rebrand a little bit uh, and, and maybe that's where we dropped off of his radar. You know, I started a podcast uh-huh. network called Murph's fan cave, and that uh, includes Raiders fan radio, which is our flagship show. And then we also have a fantastic show from the guys from the New Jersey chapter, the black hole. They do a show called the fan club blitz. And then I do that show with Mikey Raider. We call that Mondays with Mikey and Murph. And I host the audio portion of that show on the Murph's Fan Cave Network. And, and really the reason that we did that was because uh, kind of as a, as, as a preemptive strike, and, and you guys are smart for the way that you brand your podcast, is that it, it's not directly related in wording or print to the Raiders because the NFL doesn't like that. And they've taken action on on some some good friends of ours uh, that have that have been, and Mikey is one of those, and that's why Mikey had to ultimately rebrand from Raiders Central what he used to be to what he is now. So I only use the term Raiders Fan Radio vocally. I don't print it anywhere. We are RFR everywhere, and we are part of Murph's Fan Cave. So James, appreciate you sticking with us. Glad you found us again, and uh, thank you as always for the show support, my friend. Awesome. Awesome. Well, yeah, I tell you what, I've, I've heard you and Mikey back and forth and you got to calm that guy down sometimes because he gets on your case and it's like, whoa, he's going to come through the screen or the mic, whatever he's coming at you with. And, uh, uh, no, that's an awesome show. Again, you guys, Raider Nation, you got to check out that show. If you're not already partaking of that podcast, what, what's that link again, Murph to, to, for you and Mikey, you guys, you guys hit it up on Mondays, correct? Yeah, it's on Monday. So you can find everything that we do is under Murph's Fan Cave. So uh, it's M-U-R-F-S Fan Cave. And uh, you just search for that anywhere on anywhere that you find a podcast. You can find us. Uh, we do their YouTube thing. That's YouTube.com slash Murph's Fan Cave. And then if you're an Android user, we have an Android app. So you can just search for Murph's Fan Cave on the Android app. And then you can download us. That's how I found your podcast, Micah, so easily. I went to our app. I typed in Ooh. Micah into the search, and your episode popped right up there. So you can, uh, you can download wow. that and check it out. And the You're only famous. reason we don't have one for Apple is that most podcast consumers use the Apple Podcast. Right. They don't use any other third-party app. They use the a- Apple app. So we just don't worry about that one, and we just use it, have one for Android. 
That's all, you know, I, that makes me a little nervous that people could type in my name and, you know, just stuff pops up about <laughs> me, man. I'm, uh, you know, now you know the reason for the hat and sunglasses here, even on a you know, private call. But we, we got one more question for you from one of our great friends. He actually helps produce the show every week. He just does behind the scenes stuff. Allegedly, he's too busy with work is what he tells us. So uh, we let that slide for now. But our good friend Birch has a question for you. Tyler, take it away. His birch or his birch, his question, birch's question is: uh, Is there any insight into where we will be playing this next season? We've heard everything from London uh, to San Diego to Jamaica. Maybe I'm going to put that out there. <laughs> Jamaica is the new is the new hot take from Tyler. Uh, the Raiders will be playing in Jamaica next year. Anyways, any anything uh, that you heard rumblings at the Senior Bowl about where we may be playing next year? Yeah, I think that the hands down favorite is going to be a Bay Area location. Uh, when you start looking at places, even Southern California. Uh, it's still a road game and the Raiders are going to keep their offices and their practice facility and everything still in Alameda. So no matter what, wherever you play, you're going on the road anywhere. That's not the Oakland Coliseum. So, uh, so it only makes sense that if you're going to do that, that you're going to stay local, just that the logistics make the most sense. So, uh, that, so immediately that puts out San Diego, that puts out Sam Boyd in Vegas, that puts out San Antonio, that puts out playing in London, that puts yada, yada, yada. So yeah. Bay area stadiums. Okay. You have Levi's Stadium, which makes the most sense logistically. Right. It's already been built to house two teams. It really makes the most sense. But Mark Davis is adamant about the fact that he does not want to be the little brother to the Niners. So that <laughs> leaves you with um, AT&T or now Oracle Park where the San Francisco Giants play. That's my personal favorite because I think that is literally turning your back on the city of Oakland. Not that I endorse the, the, the what that would mean to the fans, but to the city and the politicians that have driven a lot of this uh, wedge between them and the team. Mm -hmm. I got no love for the politicians, Oakland fan, different story, but yep. the city of Oakland itself and those politicians, I got no love. And so turning your back on them and playing at AT&T and I keep calling AT&T Oracle park. And then also having to play still on the infield, I think is just poetic. I think there's something yes. fun about them playing there. But that said, I think that Mark is, is so adamant about not wanting to be part of uh, what the Niners have. And I think that the league isn't probably going to be too happy about them sharing a stadium with the Giants. So I right. think ultimately they bite the bullet, spend $7.5 million and play one more year in Oakland. I, I think that it's it's got to come down between one of those two places. I know where I would want to see it, but uh, it's, I mean, look, I think odds on favorite. And to answer your question about what, as far as the buzz and the talk, the talk is that, that no one knows. And whether it was Matt Schneidman or Ted Wynn or anybody else that I, uh, that I asked down there, no one knew. All these guys are like, yeah, well, I know I'm going to have a job, but I don't know where I'm going to be. Like, I don't, <laughs> And so it's crazy. It's just nuts. And so we'll find out, but next week, right? Because they're not going to want to steal any thunder from the Super Bowl, but they're going to have an answer for us next week. So we'll find out. So uh, I would say flip a coin between Oakland and Oracle Park, and that's your answer. So you're I, telling I, me there's a chance. <laughs> To borrow a line from a movie. Uh, yes. 
I, I would feel great for Oakland fans too, just to be able to get one more season back in there because, you know, not being from Oakland, I can't relate to that. I can't relate to them, you know, leaving again, kind of a deal. Um, So, you know, I hear, you know, the disappointment and the anger and frustration and I'm, you know, up here in Idaho, I hear I'm moving to Vegas and I'm like, that sounds awesome. You know, I'm ready to rock and roll. In fact, our podcast, we're already looking to get down there for the first home game to be able to broadcast from there and enjoy a big time at the new stadium. But uh, for fan's sake and for the sake of, I'd love to see Marshawn Lynch back one more season, man. And I think if Oakland, if they stay in Oakland one more season, don't be surprised to see Lynch say, you know what? I'll give it one more season here. Let let me, let me help this young guy, Chris Warren, the third, get his, you know, come into his own and let's, uh, Let's send Oakland off on the right foot instead of four and twelve. Let's see at the very least if we could make a playoff push here. So, well, Murph, Ty- Tyler, and I got one more question for you. I'm going to let Tyler pose to you uh, this deep question, and I'm going to hit oh. you with the last one. <laughs> yeah, so give me another t- Georgia State question, are you? Yeah, that's right. Uh, no, <laughs> do I need to step up on my Alcorn State knowledge here or something? I need to be prepared for <laughs> Texas A and R. Yes. Uh, I was actually thinking of like, yeah, Arkansas, Little Rock or something like yeah, that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. There we go. Uh, uh, so, so I don't know if you saw this week, but uh, Gary on Conley tweeted out he was hungry and he was looking for a pizza joint to eat at. And uh, he was wondering whether he should eat at Papa Murphy or not Papa Murphy's Papa John's or Pizza Hut. So my question to you in light of that is okay. Murph in Nashville, what is the best, the premier pizza place that you go to uh i'm waiting for my trip to new jersey to visit visit our buddies in the new jersey <laughs> chapter of the black hole to have proper pizza up there in the northeast you know um nashville's not known for its pizza i was gonna say uh, now i will say this uh in fairness to your question nashville's become a foodie kind of city well, there's yes. a lot of amazing food in nashville and there's some good pizza places i'll give you one that i ate at uh, just not long ago, it, it's called Slim and Huskies. And so you can get either, that's all personal pizzas and you can either get a slim one or you can get a Husky one and all the pizzas, the different topping combinations, whatever, they're all named after different hip hop artists. So it's, it's kind of fun place wow. uh, to go. Yeah, it's cool. And it, it's, uh, uh, it, it was, it was pretty good, man. So I'll, I'll give it that. So it's not, you know, look, and you, you know, the pizza battle is fought between Chicago and New York, right? Right. So Nashville, right. we're just down here going, hey, we got hot chicken. <laughs> you, 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 know, you know what I mean? Or, or we got Cracker Barrel and Chick-fil-A. Cracker Barrel. Oh, man. You know, see, and that's where Nashville shines, really. When you talk about that kind of food, man, that's where, you know, hash brown casseroles and all Ooh. that kind of, like, it's, and oh, I'm telling you, that's see, now, I can relate because my mom was act- is actually from Tennessee, so I grew up on eating Southern food and Murph, are you as big as a house? I mean, you gotta be right because that <laughs> I was. food is ridiculously good. And I stuff my fat face with it on the regular. And uh, though I'm married and no longer uh, eating on the regular, my mom's home cooked meals, I, I have carried many of her recipes with me to my own house because, oh my gosh, when it comes to Southern food, man, I, I maybe I'm stepping on toes, but you can't beat it. You can't beat it. That's Micah's personal opinion so but what's the name of that so what's the name of that pizza place raider nation if you're heading down to hit the draft to get yourself into the draft open air style what where's the pizza it's place lemon huskies is the name of it awesome. Huskies. yeah awesome well murph before i send you on your way we really appreciate you taking your time to hang out with us and raider nation 
Here's my question to you before you go. What do you expect from the Raiders in 2019? You know, we talk about, you know, rebuilding. We talk about, well, we've got, you know, in my opinion, I feel like we've got some cornerstone pieces to build off of. This isn't full-fledged rebuild in my opinion. That's just my opinion. What do you expect for the Raiders from the Raiders this offseason? And what do you see, you know, going into the 2019 season? Do you see this as another 5-4 type win season? Do you see this as a season where, you know, it massive improvements? What is your take on the 2019 Oakland or wherever Raiders? <laughs> I think that there's a return to respectability. You know, while we all want to see the return to excellence, and I think that right. that is uh, in our near future, I think that we can certainly expect a return to re- to to uh, respectability. You know, some of those games this year, whether it was the you know the blowout uh, against the Niners, uh, you know, on Monday Night Football, or the yeah. you know, even the first game against the Rams, which I got you know was thankful I got a chance to go to and sit in the black hole this year. But you know, Marcus Peters picking off Derek Carr for a pick six and grabbing his junk on his way to the end zone. Like, you know what I mean? Like yeah. those days of us getting punked like that, I hope those are over. And so I think that that I and I not only think, I know that that is the number one thing on the coaches uh you know score sheet to accomplish this year. When when I when I mentioned uh, you know about meeting Gruden and I didn't talk to him very long and I was thankful for just the brief few seconds that he was there. But he said twice to me, we're going to get this thing turned around. Now, I'm a fan with a podcast, and I introduced myself as such. And that was his initial response. So his initial response to a fan was, we're going to get this turned around, which meant don't lose faith in us. We're good. We got this. Don't You know what I mean? Like, right. And I'm, a, I'm big on really kind of picking apart what people's word choices are, especially in a fleeting moment when you don't have time to think about it. Well, that's what he chose to say twice was we're going to get this thing turned around. So that tells me, number one, he's cognizant that we as the fan base are pissed, that we don't like this. It's embarrassing, some mm-hmm. of the performances this year. And so it's it's number one most important thing for them as, coaching, as a coaching staff to turn it around. So I think that we're going to get that. And I think they flashed when we beat Pittsburgh when we beat the the, uh, yes. the donkeys, you know, there yes. at Oakland, those are the kinds of games. Yeah, you know, so instead of two games like that, maybe we have six games like that this year. Now we've returned to respectability. I think that's what we can expect out of the Raiders this year. So do you think then by the time this team in 2020 moves into a brand new stadium, do you see the Oakland Raiders in 2020 in a position to now start vying for a playoff spot? They've got to, right? I mean, you right. know, now look, I got silver and black glasses and I wear them every single day. <laughs> I got a silver and black heart and brain and everything else, right? Like I'm always going to, I'm always going to pick on the side of the team because I, I love them and I want them to be so bad. I want them to be good so bad that right. it comes out in my opinion. But I think if I, if I tried to truly look at it objectively, then I felt like this for, for a, a couple years now, you know, and I started feeling like this around the time that Peyton retired. You know, so when you have the departure of a Hall of Fame quarterback like that, we knew the Broncos were going to be down. Well, they're still down, and there's no evidence of them coming out of this. Their quarterback right. is terrible. Like they're going to be bad for a while. Philip Rivers is only going to be Philip Rivers for what another year or two, maybe. Like, and yeah. then once he's gone, what are they left with? So now we got the new elephant in the room is the Chiefs, right? So yep. 
so they're going to be a contender for a while. But now other AFC teams are going to start falling off, though. The Patriots are going to fall off. At some point, Tom Brady's going to prove that he is a human being. They may have to tear off his skin and prove that he's got bones and not adamantium <laughs> underneath there. But at some point, he's going to have to prove that he's a human being. Ben Roethlisberger is not that far off, right? So you think about some of the, the Hall of Famers that are going to be departing the AFC. So we've got... By default, we should be more competitive because right. some of these big big time players are going to be and these big time or historical perennial contenders are going to be starting to fall off. So it's going to be I I would hope that it's us and Kansas City beating the snot out of each other for the next ten years. You know what I mean? And and yes. this this rivalry between these two teams is rekindled. And I'll say one last thing on, and then I'll shut up. I really hope that that rivalry gets rekindled because there was one too many fans rooting for the freaking Chiefs against the Patriots this year. You guys don't know how to hate the Chiefs like we hate the Chiefs. You you need to hate the Chiefs. First and foremost, you need to hate the Chiefs. You want to hate the Broncos? That's fine. The Chargers is fine. You can hate all three of them equally or put them in whatever order, but you need to hate all three of those teams first and foremost before you hate anybody else. And because we haven't had a good enough rivalry as of late, the younger fans maybe don't realize how freaking intense that rivalry is. Well, nothing better than to now have it uh, kick off, you know, now with uh, with Carr and Mahomes, and and I, I I hope it turns into a good one. So, uh, that, sorry, nothing better too. No, I I love that because there is nothing like when you break down the rivalries within our division. I I would have to put Raiders Chiefs as far as for the Raiders atop. A of, of that list, in my opinion, I think uh, the uh, number one, the color scheme is fantastic. When those guys get together on Sunday, you got the red, you got the black. I mean, it's just very pleasing to the eye when you're looking at it uh, from a fan's point of view. But then uh, and here's here's one thing, though. I'm going to throw a little curveball. I'm not sold on Patrick Mahomes being a long time uh, uh, a, a long time solution to the Chiefs, and this is why we've seen so many of these quarterbacks. Robert Griffin the third, um, we saw got a little taste of it with Jackson in Baltimore. We watched him perform in the playoffs. Now that's just one season. You know, we watched Dak Prescott. These guys come out and they have this absolutely stunner banner year, and everybody you know goes, and then you get rid of Tony Romo, and you say Dak Prescott's the future. Well, you know, the Cowboys, sure, they made it to the playoffs, but boy, there was a time there that by all rights, the Cowboys, they were bad. And and Prescott was a big reason for that. And so it's going to take more than a season for me to to look at Patrick Mahomes. I, and I, I give him full credit. I mean, a no-look pass. I mean, that uh, when you talk about no-look pass, you think basketball. But that was incredible. That was insane. Yeah. But yeah. at the same time, I'm sick of hearing Showtime Mahomes and I'm sick of hearing about the Kansas City Chiefs, and I'm just not quite sold. I'm, I I give him the credit for this year, but let's wait and see when NFL teams have full year of film, when they have time to prepare. They know who Patrick Mahomes is now. They know what's coming for him. I want to see it again in 2019 before I'm ready to declare Showtime Mahomes on Sundays. I, I, I've just seen too many, too many Robert Griffin III's Dak Prescott's these guys that come in kind of flash in the pan. Everybody's like, this is, you know, the second coming of Jesus. Yeah, here Mark for Sanchez. Our team. I mean, the Mark- league is full of guys like that. And you know, what's funny <laughs> is that, you know, you can even put Tebow in there, right? Like I mean, right. a lot of guys, and I'm with you because here's the thing. And that this is what, and we get caught up as fans. We get caught up in the now of things, right. um, but here's the thing when you, when you're great. Okay. Now do it again. You yep. know what I mean? And, and now it, when you do it again, that's when you get attention and to bring it back to the Raiders, that's like when, when people are so quick to point out, oh, we were so good in 2016. Yeah, okay, then what they do? 
Yep. Wow. Yep. You, know, you know what I mean? Then we went six and 10. So how great were we? We exactly. weren't. You know what I mean? And so the, when we look at, I'm with you on Patrick Mahomes. Okay, now do it again. Now, if he does it again, uh-oh. You know yeah. what I mean? And that's where we got to, hey, look, but, but that's, uh, I think, wouldn't it be great? Wouldn't that, wouldn't that just be awesome to see the Raiders and the Chiefs, two of the best teams in the AFC, you know, going at it, you know, competing for the number one and number two seed. Like, I mean, that would just be awesome. And I think that the Raiders are doing, look, they're certainly doing all the right things to set up right. to be that way. Now, whether right. it works out or not, there is just way too many variables. And, and, and if people truly knew, then we'd all be rich because we'd all be betting on it. <laughs> right. So you really right. don't ever know, but they're at least making the right decisions to move the franchise in that direction. Absolutely. And that's the thing. The next two years, there really are no excuses. I, I have not passed judgment on Gruden for what he's had to do this year because I think he has been thrown curveball after curveball in his first season as a head coach. But you know what? After By the time he hit Vegas with, with four first-round draft picks, with I think we calculated something like over $210 million in free agency money to spend over the ne- course of the next two years. Like At that point, if we have if 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 we've only hit on one of those first four round picks and our free agents are terrible and we're still wallowing in the mire of five and ten or five and eleven six and ten then you know what I think it's time to say you know what this experiment uh, was a major fail but after one season you just can't you can't you can't judge Carr on one season with a whole new regime and you certainly can't in my opinion Joe uh, judge John Gruden either with uh with just one season back in the saddle with all the things that he's had to contend with um throughout the course of the season so guys murph man i appreciate it and raider nation appreciate it because this has just been a blast we're gonna have to do it again and i i think what we're gonna need to do is uh we're gonna have to see how this draft plays out i mean april is right around the quarter i mean we're what five weeks away from free agencies getting ready to rock and roll if i'm not mistaken i mean we're We're right there. So uh, uh, we're going to need to do this again. We need to hear firsthand experience, especially from the draft and and how that goes down. And we're going to keep up with you via social media because, I mean, dude, you're going to be like right at ground zero. We want to know the goings on uh, <laughs> going down there uh, in the 2019 NFL draft. But we really appreciate your time, man. Thanks so much. Absolutely. Thank you guys both for having me. Thank you, Mike. Thank you, Tyler. Appreciate the questions. Everybody that, that, uh, that tuned in and, and called in or, or with, with a question. That's awesome, man. And, uh, yeah, check us out all over just Merce fan cave, man. You can find us all over the place. So, uh, uh, thank you for, for all those that like and subscribe and all that good stuff. And thank you to you guys, man. You guys are, you're doing great. You know, I, uh, I've, I've told anybody that else that does Raider podcast, I typically don't listen to a lot of writers podcasts, not because I don't like them or it's just because I don't want your opinion to inform mine. I want to make sure that right. I'm seen when I come to the show, but, but I did knowing that I was going to join you guys. I went back and listened to, uh, to some of your guys stuff. You guys are doing a great job. Hope you guys are proud of your, uh, your accomplishments so far. Glad to see the way that your show is growing and the, the audience and the community that you're building, man. That is, that is cool stuff. And that's what it's all about, man. Raider nation is the best fan base in the world and to yes, provide sir. this kind of content for, for the, for the fans to kind of group up around your, you know, what it is that you guys are doing, man. That's what it's all about. So, so kudos to you guys and uh, keep up the good work. Thanks, Thanks man. so much, man. We appreciate it, man. You have a good one. All right, guys. Have a good night. Peace. Raider nation. Big shout out to Murph over at Raiders fan radio. Again, you guys got to go check them out. I'm sure you already are, but uh, they just, it's amazing content. And I've had the pleasure of knowing him for quite a while. And now that I know, man, I've known him almost kind of from the inception of uh, 
of of that i guess that brand yes, new episode fan 56 yeah down to the t that was awesome and they just produce a quality product over there and obviously it shows getting invited to the senior bowl i mean that's no small feat man yeah, that, there are a lot no of people yeah that that's that means something that carries some weight that means you're doing your job and you're doing a dang good job so big shout out to raiders fan radio um and Murph Thanks, for coming Murph. on the show yeah really appreciate that raider nation we appreciate you listening to us again give us a follow on facebook at behind the eye patch we're always posting up polls i'm a big poll guy i love to know what the nation's thinking so one of our most recent ones in fact was uh whether or not uh, the raiders win over the broncos or over the steelers was the bigger win of the season it was a pretty emphatic uh uh Yes, for the win over the Broncos on Christmas Eve. That's what the nation liked the most. But you can always find polls on our Facebook page. Also on Twitter, at Behind Patch on Twitter. Tyler's always posting up interesting stuff, polls, and also retweeting you know, the knowledgeable people on Twitter. Because as you know, Tyler... There are many non-smart uh, people. Uh, <laughs> yes. Non- <laughs> I Not- sound very non-smart right there, and I get that, but uh, very... Uh, yeah, we try to we try to uh, only post from the most reputable of sources, if you will. Right, and and we're not we're not fast to jump on hot takes. We do are we like to try to do our research, let the dust settle, find out what's actually going on instead of just uh, running the mouth very quickly, as it seems like is a want for a lot of people. But you know what? As we've mentioned, it seems like there's a lot of people within uh, within the so-called Raider Nation recently that uh, uh, are wolves in sheep's attire. It seems to me so. Uh, um, but anyway, guys, give us a follow there. We appreciate you listening to the podcast. You guys keep rocking it. And uh, another day closer to free agency. You guys have a good one. Go Raiders. Just win, baby.